Cinema Meltdown with Jared Peterson and Brian Matthew Ward. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Cinema Meltdown. Uh, I'm Brian Matthew Ward, and with me, as always, is Jared Peterson. Today, we're talking to Rebecca Reinhardt. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. So, uh, uh, t- tell everybody, uh, like, just give us a run through of what it is you do in, in the indie horror community. Um, I hope I contribute in a positive way. <laughs> um, so I started as a podcaster, um, then became a YouTuber, then became an actress, uh, kind of accidentally, because then I started interviewing different filmmakers and then had some people say, hey, you know, you want to be in my movie. And then you get one person who wants you to be in their movie. And then they find out, like, then all their friends find out they want you in their movie. And then I became an actress. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm an actress now. And then eventually I became a producer, a film writer and director. And I'm working on my second uh, film that I'm directing uh, that we're shooting in. If I look at the calendar here in like three weeks, which really makes me want to puke, but it is called Tin Roof. It is a camp slasher. Uh, It's got a modern twist to it. So it is not your usual camp slasher, Um, but it's going to be fun. And we're just heavy in pre-production right now. Well, I was about to say, uh, we record a couple of weeks in advance, so you may be filming by the time. (laughs) I'll be very close. Yeah, I'll be a lot more stressed out than I am now (laughs) when when y'all hear this. (laughs) So we're getting the calm version right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I know that's uh, a lot of stress, but it's like a lot of fun, too. Yeah. I mean, we're shooting seven days straight. and there are some, there are a couple days that are a huge orchestration. This is the first uh, time that I've ever had to like organize extras. Like we have two public scenes. Um, and so that's what I've been working on lately is trying to, you know, get extras and get people's vax cards and, and just, it's, yeah. um, it's anybody who just thinks I'm here's my soapbox for two seconds. Anybody who thinks, you know what? I got this great idea for a movie and I got a friend who has a camera. We're going to go make a movie. That's great. That is only about 10% of it. (laughs) The rest is business organization, getting flights, finding, uh, you know, Airbnbs and, and orchestrating travel. And I've been set dressing my shed to look like a shanty and, Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it, it, the filming and the, the idea and the camera part of it are such a small part of it. Yeah. Um, and and what's weird, like like me, I like to direct movies, too. And, and uh, I absolutely hate the organization side I looked away. I walked through. Uh, uh, that was Rob, wasn't it? I'm half Yeah. <laughs> like, I got one contact. If, you, so see, if it, you see a shirtless guy behind me, yes, it is Rob Mello. <laughs> <laughs> I could yell. It's like, my God, is that serial killer for that movie? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but like, like I absolutely hate the organizing side of things. Like that, that's like, <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's I'm like, I have OCD. I'm like spreadsheet girl. I mean, I technology is actually what I do by trade. Mm. It's just kind of my personality. I got so I I thrive with that. But when chaos ensues, that's when I'm like, ah. 
you know, like when, when things don't fit in the spreadsheet and like, you've got other stuff going on, it's like, ah, I don't know what to do. (laughs) What's weird, as much as I hate organizing things, it seems like I always thrive in chaos. Like when things start going crazy is when I do my best. Um, So I don't, it takes takes both kinds to make movies. Yeah, that's for sure. Just improv your way out of the problem. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. literally like my strong suit. I can improv my way out of a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uh, like I know you are an extremely big horror fan in general, and I know that both of us are big slasher fans. So I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. briefly about like when when did you uh, start getting well, like what got you originally into watching slasher films? Um, so when I, I, obviously this is a question I've been asked before. So if I sound like I just have a canned answer, it's because I've answered it several times before. Um, when I was eight, my sister, who's much older than I am, had a baby, um, summer and it was in the summertime and she needed help. And my mom was working and she needed somewhere for me to be. So it worked out perfectly that I would go stay at my sister's house every day and help with the baby. And uh, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And when he would take a nap, uh, this was when Friday the 13th part four was getting ready to come out and USA seemed to have it on loop. I mean, at least mm-hmm. in my mind's eye, they played Friday the 13th, one, two, three, like just yeah. over and over and over. It, they probably didn't. Well, I don't know. Back then they did that kind of stuff. Well, no, but they probably did. They probably did. They were probably just like 24 hours of Friday the 13th. We only have three of them, but Okay. Um, and so obviously I watched heavy, heavily edited, uh, versions of those, but that was kind of my, my first little thing. He'd take a nap and we'd play boggle or something and watch Friday the 13th. And I just, you know, it was kind of warm, fuzzy. Um, you know, and then I got a little older and, uh, I, I started to like other stuff and started Mm -hmm. being able to rent movies on my own. Um, God, I always go back to Friday the 13th. I just do. That's, that's my, like my template for everything. Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th, sleepaway camp. Like I just, I love camp slashers. I love slashers. I I will watch the shittiest 1980s slasher before I will watch the latest Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. And I will watch it with Lee. (laughs) So like I love searching for, 80 slashers that I haven't seen, which is very difficult yeah. for me because yeah. I've seen so many. We're, we're, I think we're down to the shot on VHS ones and they're really boring. <laughs> uh, hey, now, I actually have a podcast all about shot on video. Mm. SOBs who love SOB. We actually won the Joe Bob Briggs uh, Silver Bolo Award when that was still a thing. Mm. So I love shot on video. So I can, I can like, guide you to some really good ones and that was a lot of what i rented when i was young Mm. like uh i had this video store where the guy was really into horror and uh like in my little my little town and he would buy anything that was horror and so when i would go and look at the cover because that's how you did it you didn't have the internet back then you just looked at the cover and you're like oh that looks pretty gory Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm gonna get that you know (laughs) like the things that I was drawn to that I didn't know at the time were always low budget, mm. independent, low budget, um, kind of gritty, kind of grainy, uh, you know, and, and now I'm like working with these people that I watch like Mark Polonia, Tim Ritter, Todd Sheets. Like I watched their movies and those were the ones I was drawn to. And now like I'm working with them. So it's like full circle kind of, kind of bucket list sort of stuff. So. 
Yeah. God, I, like, I miss the video store so freaking much. Like, I really do. I do and I don't, you know, because I, I miss I miss the the going and finding something that you've never seen. Just like you guys said, like I have, I've combed through like maybe once a year, I find like some random movie from the eighties that I haven't seen that I'm like, Oh, you know, like, and, and usually I know of the movie. I've just avoided it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's really like, no, like, Ooh, I want that. Like, because we have it yeah. all at our fingertips for the most part. Yeah, we can pull up. Yeah, well, even shit that hasn't had a DVD release, I mean, we can probably get it on YouTube Mm -hmm. um, or get, you know, a bootleg at a con or something, you know. Um, So there's there's not that element of like finding that gem. I've had very few of those in the last decade of my life um, where I'm like, oh my God, how did I not know about this movie? Big one of that would have to be the majorettes, like finding that one. I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah, I love, yeah. I love that movie. I yeah. mean, the girls don't majorette very often, but when they do, they majorette the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. It's just this genre shifting thing. <laughs> just <laughs> it was great. Like it's 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 it doesn't end where it looks like it's going to begin. You know, the one that, and this has been several years since I found this one, the one that I I kind of try to introduce everybody to is a movie from 81 called Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Have you heard of this that? One? Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not, I mean, it is a slasher in the way that the third act is like just bloody as hell. But I mean, it's just absurd with like the ant. She just uh, Susan Tyrell gives like the she like the performance of her life, right? Bo Svensson, Bo Svensson is, like, is like the most bigoted horrible. guy imaginable. It's horrible. I, I mean, and up to the end, and I guess spoilers for Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Uh, <laughs> How many times can you say that in your life? I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna. Spoil. I, I don't try to say it. I'll stumble no. over. I'm like uh, up until the end, I'm like, is Bo Svensson gonna be the hero after everything he said and done? Right. And it's like, and that, like right there. That's the beautiful thing about this movie is that like once everything is said and done, now we've got, we've got Billy um, and, and we've got Julie who's like, I mean, he's been harassing her, asking her about her sex life. He's been harassing Billy and framing, trying to frame him for murder. And then we've got the coach who he outs as gay and like gets him fired. And now they all are like basically responsible for like killing the bad guy. And then the cop comes in and he's like so held it on being right that he just wants to like shift the narrative like, no, no, I was right. We're just going to make it to where I was right. You know, like it's so horrible. He becomes like the secondary bad guy. Yeah, for, for like a good 30 seconds before he dies. Right, right. I, I literally thought it was going to end on that. Uh, I, right. And then they do the lazy writing thing of like, and Billy was acquitted, and they they went to college and lived happily ever after. Like it's a lifetime movie. I love that movie. Well, we we found one. I mean, it's really I guess not that obscure, but kind of like you said, one that you knew about, kind of, but kind of like just never got around to watching. Was uh, Mortuary mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago, and that okay. is if you haven't seen it, it's young, a very yes. young Bill Paxton. No, that one is okay. Yes. 
I have, okay, and I always confuse these when I was young. I always confuse mausoleum, mausoleum and mortuary. mortuary. Right. Mausoleum is boring as fuck. I'm sorry. I guess I can cuss. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm yeah, cussing. I mean, mausoleum is so boring and it's got a great cover, but mortuary always associated the two. But no, that's a great one. Yeah. And he's creepy as hell. It's kind of like there was a. Um... There's two like haunted hotel movies. Like there was the Sentinel, and then there was another one that always seemed to be like the same thing. Um, and I confused the two. And then there's the two like evil elevator movies, Lift and I can't remember the other title. I, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I saw like, the Lift. These ones that you kind of confuse with each other. I get yeah, uh, so many of them. I confuse a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one of, one of the movies, if we're on this this topic, one of the movies that I just avoided for years, because I thought it was going to be like a kitty kind of movie, like was, um, I thought it was going to be like The Gate or The Willies or something. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love those movies, but they're very like kitty-ish, right? So I always avoided the movie The Pit because I thought it was going to be like that because it's mm-hmm. like a boy with this teddy bear on the cover. I don't know. If I've, seen couple- I've seen the cover. Holy crap. It is a fucked up fucking movie. You've got to see it. I was like, how? I, I can't believe that I missed this. I can't believe that. I, for, But it was also refreshing to find something mm-hmm. that, like, I had just dismissed for that long and then just happened. Like, I was on a killer kid kick. <laughs> and uh, and so that was one of the movies that kind of came up. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And it was like, oh, oh, this movie is weird. <laughs> well, I've got to check it out. I don't think I've seen Yeah, it. that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I, I had put off Intruder for a long time. and that Oh, was, man, uh, that was good. I had the the funniest gag, and, and I guess it counts as a horror comedy, but like the funniest gag for, I guess, anybody that's worked in retail is uh, when the killer's chasing the girl at the end, and she knocks the box off of the shelf, and he stops to straighten the shelf <laughs> while he's chasing her. <laughs> Well, he's just crazy about that store. Yeah, that was such a great <laughs> mm. All right, so. Okay. So we I told you I'm tangent girl. We've, we've been talking yeah, I mean, for that's, that's 20 fine. minutes and we haven't yeah, even that, talked about the movie. That's pretty, pretty normal for, for us. To, like, pretty much. Because it's going to go off into like, into weeds. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're uh, talking about Lost Boys, which is one the, of my all-time favorite movies. Lost Boys or The Lost Boys? Hold on. Actually, is it is it The Lost Boys? I think boys it's or The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys is the what it Lost says. Boys. Ah, well, anyway, there's Lost and Boys in the title and a possible The. Well, actually, definitely. No, it's, it's a definite The. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, movies of all time. Like... Uh, and I'm a huge vampire fanatic, and this might be, it's, yeah, it might be my favorite vampire movie. Yeah. It is by, it is hands down my favorite vampire movie. I am not a vampire person. Mm-hmm. I'm very picky about vampire. Um, but yes, this is my favorite vampire movie. And I was thinking about this today. I am fairly confident. This is where I got my vampire rules education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like I think this is Yeah, I think this is where I learned like maybe I knew I think I maybe knew about like the stake through the heart or whatever, but I definitely did not know about uh they have to be invited. Yeah. to come in. And I don't think I knew about the garlic thing when I first saw this. Which they definitely make it clear garlic don't do anything in this. 
Yeah, and that's gross. That's Can you imagine good. taking a big bite the of dude, raw garlic? The literally says garlic don't work. <laughs> yeah, like the vampire rules. Like, I mean, it, it, this is, I guess, kind of like uh, how Back to the Future laid out the rules of time travel. This was this was the rules of vampires for pretty much the same right. generation. But it was for this generation because all those things had been thank you, all those things had already been set out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. before I think. Um, I'm fairly confident, but like, then they're set out for like this younger generation, this kind of rock and roll thing. I always call this movie lightning in a bottle. Mm, yeah. Um, the story is, it's not super remarkable. I it's mean, it's basic. like, I mean, it's a basic story. Yeah. It's very basic, but you just get the right actors, the right script, the right time period. Mm. Cause the eighties were pretty ripe. You know, this was like, yeah. Right type, great soundtrack, and you put it all together, and like it just, you know, when they talked about remaking this, I was like, no, because no it's, it is just, it's like if you just take the story of the Lost Boys, it's nothing, but you put all this stuff together, and you end up with this masterpiece. Yeah, and um, I, I, I wanted to talk about this because, like, I think this is just something that's always fascinating to me about this movie, um, the Sax Man. Oh, is that what we're leading with the sax man? I, I told you the other day. Yeah, with the sax man. Uh, <laughs> like, like I think that it's is it. And what fascinates me is like the people who are most obsessed with the sax man are straight men. <laughs> uh, his, his name is Tim Capello. Tim Capello, and he yeah he he makes the convention rounds now. Um, he's probably become more famous for that than any of his music, which is kind of mm-hmm. sad. But that's what happens when you slather yourself in like baby oil and you think you're in a Mad Max movie. <laughs> yeah, man, that's actually the that's the yeah. joke I make uh, about like he he he's like he walked in from a different movie, like he yes. found the saxophone <laughs> in the wreckage of the old world and he just yeah. caught himself. <laughs> This dude should have been a vampire slayer. I think he could have taken all the vampires. He's like comes out like Conan the Barbarian and everything like. He just pulls the sacks apart and starts stabbing vampires with it. Yeah, don't you feel like there should be an alternate, like, or, or just some sort of, like, sequel or something where it's, like, the sax man. He's, like, kind of like the grandpa. Yeah. He knows what's going on. I had Behind the scenes, he's taking care of a fan shit. film about the sax man as a vampire killer, but, like, who, who can I find that, you know, has that look and build? We get some wrestler. <laughs> Him! Maybe. He might do it. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, and that kind of goes towards what you were saying about the movie being lightning in a bottle. I mean, the fact that this this guy that's on screen for all of 10 seconds. Yeah. I mean, he's so memorable. I mean, it's just this shirtless yeah. muscle man playing a saxophone. Um, With lots ever, of oil. Have you ever seen the, uh, the YouTube video that someone re-edited uh, the scene with him to make it look like Michael's just staring at him instead of Star? Oh no! <laughs> Which could so very funny. well be. Like, look it up on YouTube. It's easy to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I think most people would have been looking at him. I mean, but yeah, like, like gay, straight, man, woman, like everybody either would have been like in awe or like, what's going on here? Yeah, like just how does he hold the saxophone? With all that oil yeah, on him, slippery, and they were yeah. <laughs> there were like hot lights and flames around him. He's lucky he didn't. Oh yeah, that. oh yeah. He 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 could have got Michael Jackson with that. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Saxman. Uh, that is that is one thing that this is my epiphany. By the way, 
Okay, I hate to like I'm I hate to hog the microphone, oh, but right I am the guest. Did you have an epiphany like right now when we're talking about this? No, in oh, the middle of the mind. night I had this epiphany. Like this movie, hands down, in my mind, has the greatest freaking soundtrack ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and, and maybe maybe you had to have been there. I don't know if I'd show this to a 20-year-old and they'd be like all over it. Yeah. But like for us, it was just so great. But then I was like, you know what? They got a bunch of like nobodies and has-beens. Like this soundtrack does not have like the punch that you would think. So, okay. Now, Good Times, I do remember that was on MTV. But it was Jimmy Barnes with NXS. Yeah. Right. So they did have NXS. But that was about it. We've got uh, Lou Graham from Foreigner. I mean, he, like, he was pretty washed up by this point in time. You have Echo and the Bunnymen, who, if you were into New Wave, you didn't know who they were. And then, yeah, you've got Tim Capello. You've got Eddie and the Tide and Gerard McMahon, who has the greatest song in this. Which they play They know yes. that they've got the great song because yeah. they, they do not shy away from playing it whenever they need to. Yeah, these are like people that you've never heard of before and never heard of since. Mm-hmm. Unless you go to conventions and you know Saxman. Yeah. But- <laughs> But it's it it's really amazing that it's so memorable without having like a bunch of hits. It's not like Dirty Dancing or you know something where it's like everything was on the radio, like every song on the on the tape, the soundtrack tape was or, on the radio. Or I guess like kind of keeping it, I guess not the same genre, but kind of the same basic audience. Uh, I guess the the soundtrack to The Crow, mm-hmm. like a few years later, would have been one of those. Yeah, was like. I think most of the, the groups on there at the time were already big or about to become big. Yeah. So that, and that, that, and that's something with this movie is that the people who were in it weren't really big. They, they are now, yeah. but they weren't at the time. This is the first time we see the Corys together. Yeah. Yeah. There were no Corys until this movie. So this was you the first of the Corys. Mm-hmm. And the Frog Brothers. Yeah, I freaking love the Frog Brothers. But yeah, I mean, but you had like Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, okay. So he has a famous dad. Jason Patrick had a famous dad. But like, did anybody know who they were at that point in time? Not really. Diane Weiss, or however the hell you say her last name. I mean, she might have been the biggest name at the time. Probably, actually. Or maybe even Alex Winter. Because, you know, we already had, did we already have Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted. Oh, okay, so he yeah, so, was a year later. So, um, yeah, Alex Winter was a nobody. So yeah, so Diane Weiss would be the only like actual quote unquote name. Yeah, and I think uh, like, when this came out, Edward Herman may have been in some TV movies up until that point. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it wasn't like a, a, a well known cast. And you look at most of them went on to do stuff. Yeah. Well, and this movie was, I, I, you know what? This is where somebody can stop me. I think this movie was a big hit. I think it was a financial success. Yeah. Okay. I, because, you know, like there's, now that we look at it, we're like, everybody I know loves the fucking Lost Boys. But, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, but I remember it back then being a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Like I would watch it. <laughs> I never had like Cinemax or HBO or anything. And I remember like every time it would come on and I could like kind of scream. Scramble it with the uh, the, the fuzz 
<laughs> you know, like on channel seven, like, Ooh, I can kind of watch the lost boys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm really aging myself. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look this up because we already talked about the soundtrack. And actually, I think the most famous dude on the soundtrack was Roger Daltrey at the time. Daltrey. But you know what? At that point in time, like, yeah, now we know who Roger Daltrey is. I remember at that point in time, like, um, they would have those compilation records for sale. Like, that's how I knew who the who was, is that, like, my generation was, like, one of the things on the commercial yeah, they, they you were, know, like they weren't like popular, like with the demographic of this movie. And uh, like Lou Graham was not, <laughs> you know, I mean. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a massive hit, but it was a hit and it was probably an even bigger hit on home video. Uh, oh, I, I could only imagine. It had a big enough cult. And I, we, we talked about this before or I mentioned it that it had a big enough of a cultural footprint that it kind of blocked out the sun for a near dark, especially. Yeah. And it's kind of, a uh, that, I like, I like your play on words there, by the way, yeah. uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to point it out in case other people didn't get that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it really, it's kind of unfortunate because I do like near dark quite a bit. I, I don't know if I like as much as I like the lost boys, but the, the fact well, that- at this point in time, vampire movies were kind of a dead thing. So, yeah, if you've got two coming out kind of at the same time and one's going to kind of trumpet. I mean, that happened a lot with slashers in the 80s. Yeah. There are so many slashers from 1981 that are so great, but nobody knows. Well, I mean, you know, the general public didn't pay attention because there were so many higher echelon ones. I mean, there's yeah. always kind of that. You know, weird. Your, your stuff like Paramount's putting the money behind it versus like mm-hmm. some mom and pop car dealership put up the money to make this this thing in Jacksonville, Florida or something. Hey, Madman is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Just... no, honestly, I, I kind of think the opposite. There was kind of a glut of like vampire movies over like a decade. And it, I think that's what makes The Lost Boys that much more special is that it it's kind of like the Cadillac. Of, of those like i guess starting around the time of uh not quite in the 80s but uh with uh the salem's lot yeah uh, TV movie. i guess now now that i think about it fright night fright yeah. night the hunger um my best friend is the vampire once, once bitten, bitten but a lot of those are comedic they are and this movie is comedic but it's scary too because yeah. it I think that's part of it too, is the whole idea of like, you know, we were, we were of a certain age and like the idea that like your mom makes you move and it's like, this oh God, you're with this dad or grandpa who doesn't have a TV. Oh, and then it's like, uh, yeah, there are vampires. Oh, oh, suddenly the TV is not such a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, honestly, it was like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they they brought some things into the to uh, you know just kind of into the limelight that weren't there before or that had kind of fallen into obscurity. Jim Morrison yeah. in the Doors. Yeah. This was where that like people started getting interested in them because of that poster in the hotel and because Echo Bunnyman did Blue Strange. Strange. Mm-hmm. Which, if you listen to streaming services, that is cut off of of every streaming service. 
Really? Really. It's not on Apple Music, or at least it wasn't last week, and it's not on Spotify, so. Hmm. I heard it on First Wave the other day on Sirius XM. But... Oh, really? Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, a radio station, yeah. so. Slightly different rules, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, that's one of those, like, and I think that's actually about the time I kind of, like, who is Jim Morrison? Like, mm-hmm. who is that guy? Me too. Like early, like late eighties, early nineties, I started getting obsessed with the doors. And I think that's why, I mean, there was also, but I think that that was also the time that, um, uh, Oliver Stone was doing the movie, but I think he could do the movie because there was a, like a regenerated interest. Right. Oh, and then I read today. I did not know this. Oh, I love trivia that uh, the term vamped out mm-hmm. um, was actually originated here. And that's, a, oh, wow. that's a term that's used a lot in Buffy, the vampire slayer. <laughs> See, hey, what he, he got a weapon. I, I think he had a weapon. <laughs> no, he's, he's set dressing. He's, he's trying to age some shears, some garden wow. shears. Ooh, oh, I might have just on. given away a little bit of a spoiler in my movie. So, so he's working out with a weapon. Oh, I got Yeah. You. Like, like, I said I love movies from 1981. I like The Burning and, yes, there oh, are garden okay. shears in my movie. <laughs> yeah, I like, uh, yeah, I really like that movie, The Burning. Like, uh, even though, you know, the ties that it has, but, yeah. 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 Well, it's, got I mean, some, it's got some ucky, yeah, stuff and some rapey boys that, <laughs> but, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get to see Jason Alexander with a full head of hair. Yeah. Don't you feel like you're just watching like uh George Costanza as like home movies at camp? Thank you, dear. Yeah. I have, like it's like just the... it's him. Hello. Oh. <laughs> he can't hear you. They say hello. <laughs> can't, oh, oh, it's on the oh, oh. <laughs> So yeah, I'm still not convinced that uh Jason Alexander wasn't wearing a toupee. Even at, I mean, he was probably <laughs> in his early twenties, actually. Yeah, but, but I mean, he was. Yeah, he was probably yeah, late, maybe late teens. They actually in that movie they did a good job of casting people that were of the age, or at least seemed of the age. Yeah, that they were uh, supposed to be. That's one of the things I love about a uh, sleepaway camp too. Is that Lost Boys was tits and champagne. Yeah, like, um. Yeah, the counselors seem like they're the right age. I mean, you've got a little bit of an overlap, but I think in summer camp, I never went to summer camp, but I think in summer camp, you would have a little bit of that, like that weird, like they're the kids who are like topping out as campers and they're then like the counselors are just a year older, like you have with like Judy and Meg. You know, yeah. they were probably like, they were probably campers together last year. Now Meg's just moved up, you know. This is a 24 year old playing a 17 year old or anything. Yeah. 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 Which kind of, and given for the time it came out, it wasn't like that was already established. It was just, Mm -hmm. I imagine when they made it, they're just like, well, they're teenagers. Let's cast some teenagers. Yeah. But it was lower budget and uh, it was an independent movie. So they could probably get away with a lot more. True. That's one of the beauties of independent horror people. Which Support indie horror. 
I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion, and, and maybe this is just me theorizing, but I'm wondering if the casting of like 20-something-year-olds as teenager has to do with, well, we want nudity in this, but we don't, you know. Could be night shoots, too. I mean, like, that could be, too. Uh, yeah, to keep from having to work the kids at night. Well, well, and just, yeah, the nudity thing, definitely. Uh, you know, but I mean, you can hire 18-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but if you look like, I mean, I was watching, okay, so I'm a huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, mm-hmm. Rift Tracks, all that. That's another one of my loves. And I was watching uh, Rift Tracks, did, they, there were these movies in the 40s called The Teenagers, and it was like a whole series of them, and like Bridget and Mary Jo do some of them. And they're, they, they're making fun of us the whole time because they're like, like this guy like looks like he's like 40. I look it up. This dude was literally 28. And he was supposed to be playing a 16-year-old. Oh, so yeah. it, it's always been there. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. It, I guess they just assume it's like people don't know what teenagers look like, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it, it is refreshing to see. And okay. And if, I I will take us back to our movie. It is refreshing, like the Frog Brothers and uh, Corey Haim. You know they yeah. are they are younger, and Corey Haim, like his character Sam, is kind of naive. Like he's yeah. you know with the the bathtub, like taking the bubble bath and singing mm-hmm. the the goofy song and stuff. He really shows like a use about him. Well, we'll talk about Sam a bit more later because I I, I have a theory about him. Ooh, uh, ooh, I love theories. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, we're talking about teenagers that look like teenagers and don't. We'll go ahead and I'll bring up uh, Kiefer Sutherland was nineteen in this movie, and he doesn't seem like he a nineteen-year-old. Looks... He does look. No, older. he looks older. Yeah, he does look older. I mean, but his dad always did too. Yeah. Um. But Sam, uh, who is essentially okay. Sam, is the main character. I would say him or I would say Michael, Michael? is at least the focus. Yeah, yeah. But Sam and given um, Joel Schumacher was gay. Um. And I'm wondering if Sam, at any point in the script, or if there were any any conversations that this character was meant to be gay. I mean, he's got a George Michael poster hanging on his wall too. Like, so I'm oh, like, they no, we, you know, nobody. Even though George Michael was like, "Wake well, me up before you go, go." Like, yeah, it's still. We all were just like, "Oh yeah," and like just blind to it. But, but more uh, like a kind of a, a, a women's like a girls thing. Like I think even on Full House, they had a group uh, like a George Michael poster. It was like, and it's just it's like I wonder if that was Joel Schumacher trying to put like a a gay character as the lead in like a mainstream movie. But I don't know. I I'm always felt like that about Sam. I I, just, I always felt like Sam was like he was kind of you know I don't know what age he would have should have been. But he was, I always felt like, in, in gay or straight or whatever, I always felt like he was that, like, that kid who was, like, okay, he was expected to be a little older 
act a little cooler. But like he still was like, oh, but I like comic books and I like my dog and bubble yeah. baths. Like yeah. just that that 12 year old kind of thing we all went through where it's like, but I like Barbie dolls, but I also like Friday the 13th and I don't know what to do. Well, he, <laughs> like, you could see that uh, when he first meets the Frog Brothers where he's trying to talk all like, you know, big and yeah. like, you know, I'm looking, uh, I've got this, this yeah. issue. Right. With, but they're but all talking about comic books. And they're just, a, you know, you know, a bunch of nerds, really. Yeah. I think hey, there's nothing funny. wrong with being a nerd. <laughs> I think it's funny Sam talking about like he don't like horror comics, and I'm like, man, I that 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 well actually younger than that because I was like five or six reading horror comics. That's like what I was reading. So I'm just like, it's always I'm like, why does he not like horror comics? What's wrong with them? <laughs> but yeah, uh, and that's another thing I, I do, and this is less of a theory. I think Sam. Is intended to be younger than Corey Haim was. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like he was supposed to be maybe 12 or 13. Yeah. And yeah like Corey Haim was like 15 or 16, which I mean, there's a big gap in that. Yeah. But, but they did some things to make him, yeah, to, like I said, make him seem like he's kind of going through that transition phase. Mm. And, and this is almost, you know what? Oh, here. Here's another good theory this is really sam's coming of age no yeah you know right like you have you know you have these movies where it's like something happens and it like it throws the kid into like having to like be responsible and be an adult that's sam's like suddenly he's been the kid the sweet little kid mom is like can always count on yeah and now he's doing shit that you know her boyfriend He's the one that's taking charge and the whole taking care of the problem. He's got, he's got to take care yeah. of Yeah. 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 He's protecting his family. Yeah. Stuff that, like, you know, a kid, you know, like kind of that going from a kid to a man. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't even know I, that's I never... at this point. That's, that's yeah, pretty that's, much. That's definitely. That's definitely yeah. correct. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. The, the cast, and we touched on this, like, you know, how they were essentially unknowns. Uh, for the most part, uh, uh, Corey Feldman had been in, you know, Friday the 13th Part 4 and Goonies at this point, Gremlins. Um, but Corey Haim... It actually, when I said Diane Weiss was probably the biggest name, probably Corey Feldman for the demographic. Corey Feldman the probably was yeah. the biggest uh, name. Corey Haim had been in Silver Bullet and <laughs> probably some other stuff that I'm just blanking on. Yeah. Yeah, he hadn't done nearly as much. But... Yeah, the lightning in a bottle. Like everybody is delivers. Uh, no, nobody is, is given a weak performance here. Yeah. Well, they're all giving a hundred and ten percent, which like, is wonderful. I mean, some of the acting in this is terrible. I mean, it really is. Like, I mean, Jason Patrick's talking out of his nose the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> like Jamie Gertz. I think they just told her, like, just act like you're really high, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody just kind of gives this, like, weird, like, this weird performance. But But it it works! It adds to it. Like, it's, it, none of it detracts. There's nobody that can, like, point out, like, yeah, that that just kind of stopped everything in its tracks. Yeah. You can feel like Kiefer Sutherland couldn't breathe with the, the, prosthetic thing mm-hmm. on like oh, yeah. he was always like <sighs> i don't think any of those guys could yeah no, they all kind of sounded like that yeah but everybody's 
I, I think everybody is, is pretty much given the performance that they need to give in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Like, like you said, Corey Feldman, or Corey Haim, I'm sorry, is, uh, you know, kind of a childish, like, you know, immature. Jamie Gertz is, she's, she's love interest girl. Yeah. She's right, like, we don't know anything about her at all. Like, Ever. Well, yeah. Find like, out anything yeah. about her. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the way it needs to be. Which Jamie Gertz, by the way, was like between this and less than zero and square pegs. I thought she was the shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what was the little boy character's name that was with her? Oh, Laddie! I Laddie, think I Laddie. saw that about ten times before I realized it was a boy. Oh, really? <laughs> I was confused by the it's the attack of any monster. Yeah, and then she goes, "He's just a little boy," and I was like. It's a girl, isn't it? <laughs> and the, the long hair and being that young just throws you off. <laughs> yeah, it does. And like he's wearing like a Civil War uniform or some shit. Something. Something Civil War. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I feel like that, I'm like, that character, like, I don't even know if it belongs in the movie if you really think about it. Because it like adds so little to it except for to see like a little boy. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know that, that. Well, we got that, we got some one-liners out of it, but I think also it it's the whole. Um, that's what's keeping Star grounded. Yeah, it's keeping it's what's keeping her from going over the edge is that she's kind of in charge of this kid. Yeah, that's true. She's he's basically a MacGuffin that kind of like well, mm-hmm. probably in the screenwriting phase is like why isn't she just turned into a vampire? Yeah, and right. Like, oh, kid, right. Kid. Got to protect this little kid. Yeah, and it like how she get hooked up with uh, Kiefer anyway, and like yeah, there's so many questions, but she's just she's just kind of there to like move the story along. And like, and it, to, it's interesting to me that it seems like the original plan was for her to kill uh, uh, Michael, like, and for him to be the first kill of hers, and then it's like mm-hmm. she didn't kill him, and then it's like David's like. Oh. Make him one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, cool. it doesn't make a lot of sense. What happened um, was was Michael got into their lair and they were like, he he already fits our aesthetic vibe. Yeah, he looks like us. right. So we'll just go ahead and get this. <laughs> they looked at that poster of Jim Morrison and they're like, eh, maybe we be cool shouldn't like kill him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like either him or the sax man, and uh, this guy showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He's gonna drink the blood, man. Like I, and I, I, we've all been there. The, your first drink of alcohol, or like you know, one of your first drinks, and you're like, you don't know what to expect. You know, somebody hands you like you know a glass of rosé or like purple passion or like Everclear. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. I get that. But how do you not know that what you're drinking is blood? He's literally told that it's blood, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Well, he just got fooled, like, twice, though. Like, once with the rice. No, no, no. This is No, it's the the same scene, because I just watched it today. It is the same exact scene. But you got the the rice, and then the maggots, and then... Right. But you take a big old swig of this salty shit. Like, I think you'd be like, Wow, this is really not what I thought alcohol would taste. Well, then, like. probably like, well, whatever they did to make me see the uh, the maggots and the uh, worms, they did it to make this taste weird. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Red flags. 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably the thing. Like Michael, Michael is so obsessed with Star. He's just like, I'm gonna look cool in front of her. He's really, cool. yeah, yeah. And you're right. Like, yeah, it's like, well, I'm gonna do whatever they do because you know that's how mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna get in her like hippie skirt. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, with 80s, all her jingle jangle shit that she wears. It's kind of basically an 80s vampire gypsy girl. Yeah, she looks like she comes from another generation, too. Yeah. And I think that's you kind know. of like, well, which I guess we talk about the uh, the Lost Boys lair. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was oh, like, yeah. it was one of the coolest things. Like we, we bring up the Jim yeah. Morrison poster, but it's like, it's just the lighting in there. It's like, it's like the, uh, it's like the coolest hideout. That yeah, because it's supposed to be a, a was a luxury hotel yeah. that like basically crumbled with a an earthquake. Yeah, so it's got some cool stuff to it. And I I remember, and I, I saw this as a kid, so I was like, that is like the coolest thing. Um, I want to live there. I want to live guys. Being a vampire is not too bad. Yeah. Now, okay, I have a couple questions. Uh, my first is. Okay, and this is this is so hard to like do when you've seen something a hundred times. You first watched it when you were young. Did you guys were you surprised when Max became when it was revealed that Max was the head vampire? Yes, um, okay. I was. Shut up. Yes, you were. I was only only because they went through such trouble to disprove it. You know, earlier. You know, and that's the only thing that threw me off. No, they invited him in. It made complete sense. Well, and see, I think that I was surprised because of that, because I, I think I did not know about the inviting in thing mm-hmm. when I, I first watched it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this as a kid, and I was eight when I saw this, and I was already used to twists. I really thought the twist was going to be that the grandpa was going to be the head vampire. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So but the grandpa was, gave us a different twist. Yeah, and I that would have been sure, a more messed up twist. I'm sure that he yeah. actually is, is in the daylight um when we first see him, but like my eight year old mind was like, Yeah, it's gonna go there, just like Mrs. Voorhees being the killer and Right. You know. Yeah, like in in they're already subverting things. Yeah. Like, you know, the garlic thing. Garlic doesn't yeah. work. When we've been told forever that garlic is, you know. One of the yeah. things you do. So, which I love the twist sense. that the grandpa knew it all the time, rather than him being the vampire. Yeah, that was a real like. You could have said something. Sooner, yeah, I know. Like, why know? didn't he right. say anything? Like, what's wrong with you, grandpa? <laughs> Tell us something. Come on, Give us and a- he just goes <laughs> and gets his root beer out of the fridge. Yeah, I, which, you know. It, what's I, funny too? Did the boys like? I mean, I understand they don't know their grandpa well, but like, have they never been to grandpa's? I have they never that. met grandpa? Yeah, I, would, I would imagine not, because they were from, uh, where was it? Was uh, was it Phoenix? Where? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. They were from somewhere else, some other state. Not that far, though. I mean, you well, know, I, I, maybe maybe grandpa went to visit, but they never went to visit grandpa? That's maybe. possible. I don't know. Maybe he was like, no, don't come out here. This is murder capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No, no, no. You don't want to come out here, sweetheart. Or maybe, like, maybe there was some strife between her husband and the, the grandpa or something. And they do mention, like, you know, that mom died, uh, you know, yeah. a few years ago or whatever. So, you know, who knows? But yeah. again, 
another story we just don't know. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I I, I, I love about the movie is that there's very little backstories for the, like none of the Lost Boys have any backstory to them at all. Right, that's the kind right. of backstory. Star doesn't. The, have or- the only one who has even a little glimpse is that Laddie is on the milk carton. Yeah, yeah. And that's as close as we get. That's it, yeah. Like, there's and no, then, like, we don't know how old any of these guys are, how long they've been around. I mean, obviously, they've been doing it for a while, but, like. Yeah. We're not told and, like, Max, Max has a, now, okay, if you want to talk about the gay thing. Max has this weird affinity for like the young boys. I mean, he could have made anyone a vampire, but he picks like these teen, like you know, late teen, early twenties boys that he wants, which seems really weird. He definitely didn't really seem to have any true romantic interest toward the mother. It just he wanted someone to be a mother to his boys. Yeah, right, right. She was very utilitarian to him. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's and possible. she and he and she had two young boys that he yep. wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's very possible. I always thought about that, like uh, not that, but like um, because Joel Schumacher, like he went through a phase where I think he was trying to put subtext in, and I think eventually he just kind of gave up. <laughs> um, I think after Batman and Robin, he was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> I, I, always I just need like, to get out of this. Let somebody else do it. <laughs> I always feel like anytime I bring up Joel Schumacher, I have to defend being a fan of his movies because yeah. like people always bring up Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. And I'm like, yeah, but Lost Boys and uh, Flatliners. Flatliners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Falling Down. Yeah. Uh, and then like his later career stuff like Tigerland and Phone Booth. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel Schumacher yeah. was not a hack and everybody wants to pretend that he was. <laughs> He made Everybody it. wants to remember you because for of, your weakest moment. Yep. It's because of the nipples on the bat suit. That's what it is. Everybody oh. just can't forget that. But this was... Mm. Um, I, I think... Yeah, I would say Lost Boys is his best movie. Or it's my favorite, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's his best. Um, I mean, he, he made some you know, other good ones that we mentioned. Uh, also, I think he did... Um, Something else I'm slipping in my mind that was actually like, and and a lot of the ones that you mentioned were they're all of different genres yeah. too, so it's kind of hard to compare. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. This is my favorite of his, and it's like it's weird. This guy that's um, was so smeared and reviled for making a bad Batman movie, and people like overlook like this this really incredible career that he had both before and after that. Mm-hmm. That's, Honestly, that's, I can say, uh, well, I guess I don't care about Batman movies very much, but I did not, uh, that's not what I associate him with. I, I don't know what I associate him with, to be honest. I always but, I always think I associate him with this movie, Lost Boys. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, that and Flatliners for me. I, I, I hear the name Joel Schumacher is like, yeah, hey, Lost Boys. Um but I think the, the public in general, like, I don't think most of them learned his name until Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. He was the man which, who killed Batman. Which, I, I just wanted to look this up just to confirm. Batman and Robin. Okay, that's the movie I saw on my 21st birthday. <laughs> uh, I went to this restaurant and they would give you a free cheesesteak. I was a vegetarian, but they gave me like a veggie cheesesteak. I had like one beer 
And then my friends took me to see that movie. Mm-hmm. So that was my very disappointing 21st birthday. But I don't blame Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah, you can blame Warner Brothers for that. Yeah. I can, bl- I can blame a lot of people for that. <laughs> I can blame my friends for that. <laughs> uh, which I, I've turned around on that, but I, I enjoy it for what it is because it's just over the top stupid. Yeah. Like, if you want to watch something silly. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've got, I got uh, two boys, seven and 12, and for some reason they have gravitated towards that movie. Uh, <laughs> I think most mostly it has to do with Arnold, but like they, yeah. they, they love the stupid jokes, and it's like it's it's. Kind they were of, just trying to throw too much shit into yeah. that movie. It's too many Dutch angles. <laughs> too much George Clooney not fitting Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was there was a lot there was a lot there, but but, but no, he he definitely got a home run with this one. Yeah, yeah. and he had a home run with this. Um, and again, like I said, lightning in a bottle, but it, it I think there's a lot of things going on. Like, um, I think we we're touching on with the performances where they really are. Some of them are weird. Yeah. And <laughs> for lack of a better term, they're strange performances, but they all kind of make this kind of memorable whole. Mm-hmm. Like the Frog Brothers. They're, they're like the fact... Then we see their parents just kind of sitting there stone. That's all we see is they're like in the corner going like, and these guys are pretty much running everything because the parents are like just stoned yeah. out. Yeah. And it, to me, it always cracked me up that the Frog Brothers were of an age, both that they should have probably been twins, but they look nothing alike or even like they're even remotely related. It could have been fraternal. That's a possibility. If they would have told me those two were cousins, I still wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> they they had, uh, well, maybe they were adopted. Maybe one was adopted. Oh, we'll go with that. That's possible. Um, I think Again, it's... we don't have the backstory. No, we have nothing about the Frog Brothers. I, I think it's funny how incompetent they actually are when it comes to vampires and vampire hunting. I'm going to go watch Flash. Okay. It, they they know what they're doing though. I mean, but they they really seem to be very bad. Okay, and everything, and these are teenagers. Okay, sure. they are like all of us. If there were a zombie apocalypse, we all all of us horror fans feel like we know exactly what to do and we would kick ass. But the thing is, we've never had a chance to actually practice these things. And I think that's where they are. They know all of the steps. They know all the ins and outs, but they've never actually Done. had any action. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking of that line where uh, Max says, uh, you know, never invite a vampire into your house because it, you know, you know, makes all the rules un- invalid. And then like, uh, of course, Corey Hames, like, uh, did you know that? And then Corey's like, yeah, everybody. Of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, some other like, you know, great one liners. If we're going to go into that, the, the blood sucking Brady bunch yeah. and death by stereo. By stereo. <laughs> uh, like I said, Eddie Munster thing, which is why I always think of yeah. as being Eddie Munster. It was like, <laughs> and even then, I think when that, Happen that that reference and was like I didn't get it. It was so I didn't either. The monsters. It was like it's like okay, 
Who's who's Eddie Munster? Like I think it was a I, I think I knew Eddie Munster, Munster and the Brady Bunch, but I, I I know I knew the Brady Bunch. Yeah. I was I grew up on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I knew the Brady. I Bunch. knew I knew Eddie Munster, but I think I just didn't put together that like he was a boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely hard to do with that long hair. Yeah, yeah. and again his Sergeant Pepper. Uh, <laughs> Suit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Give him a musket, man. <laughs> Give him a single shot pistol and yeah. Uh, I don't know. The a uh, ramrod. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think because I had a list in my head of like, oh, we need to talk about this, this, and this, and uh, and we're covering most of this ground. Okay, um, here here's my last one. Okay. The biggest point of anxiety every time I watch this movie and I don't get it. So they all go back to the house. They're like in warrior mode, you know, they're holy water in the bathtub, you know, doing all their shit. We got this cool music, blah, blah, blah. Nanook is tied up, not even by the house. He's tied up like way the fuck down. And then it's like the vampires are coming and then they yeah. have to get Nanook. And he can't get the thing. Into- I'm like, take the collar off. Whatever. Let the- <laughs> like, fuck. I can't believe you have ignored your dog for this goddamn long. Yeah. And, and now you can't find an alternate way to get him loose. I yeah. hate that. And at the very least, they should have been thinking about that. It's like, hey, it could be useful against the vampires. Well, I mean, I think they put him outside because he didn't like you know, the half-breeds that were in the house. Yeah, but, like, right. did you have to tie him up at the, like, fence at the end of the yard? Couldn't you just put him on the front porch? Yeah. The, um... Yeah. Let's see. Um, I wanted to mention... I, I love how the vampires die. Especially yeah. Alex Winter. Yeah. Who, who yeah. Had, I believe he had more blood in him than a human possibly could. <laughs> Yeah, they they were squirters. And those feet, yeah. too. Oh, like, oh those are gross. I, I, I love them sleeping like bats. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then when he's just like... Um, you know, and there's blood everywhere. I love it. I was just thinking, up until the point where uh, Michael first sees them killing people, how PG-13 that movie was up until that point. Like, I mean, because, like, there was really yeah. no violence, like, shown. I mean, like, every time they kill somebody. Yeah, because the, the, the security guard, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the couple in the car, yeah, it all gets cut away, right? Yeah. Up until that point. And then whenever they show that, it's, like, extremely violent and flashes like crazy. Like, I, I keep yeah. from and bites a dude on the forehead, like, bites into his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome when they get, like, the, yeah, the little gang that's around the campfire. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the bikers hanging out around the fire. Nom, yeah. nom, nom. I have a yeah. feeling that's where Saxman would have been. Maybe he was hiding in the trees going, He's just running. I he don't probably, think this is a good idea. Yeah, he probably, <laughs> well, you know what? I'll wait for the weaker vampires because this looks kind of bad. So I, right. um, I ain't stupid. I'm gonna go have a beer with Grandpa. I'm gonna have a root beer with Grandpa and the widow, whatever her name was. <laughs> grandpa, Grandpa was busy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's probably got taxidermy and 
and yeah, and, and, and widows, widows, man. <laughs> widows. <laughs> widows who had their husbands. Yeah. Probably why they didn't say anything about the vampires. They're just kind of taking out Grandpa's competition for him. I, I love whenever Grandpa says to Michael, looks like I wasn't the only one that got lucky last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, the grandma is like, I think like you think he's so creepy when you're young and then you get older and you relate more to the grandpa, which is yeah. just sad. It's it's, it's cool, horrible. but sad. It is, no, it's very sad because I, I, I do that all the time. I'm like, you know, there's characters that I, I, I would see in movies when a kid's like, oh, they're so unreasonable. And now I'm like, they were 100% right. Yes. <laughs> right just look that. at your fucking mother, okay? <laughs> it's like most parents from like from movies in the 80s. It was like, they're just trying most- to tell you what to do. It's like, yeah, they're trying to tell you what to do. Yeah, but most of the, okay, most of the time that was a that was a theme in the eighties. Most of the time the parents were clueless in the eighties. Yeah. I mean they whatever were, they were telling you to do was wrong and they wouldn't listen to the kids. I mean, well, and that, you know, stems even from the fifties and the sixties. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you know, like all the the sci fi horror movies from the fifties and sixties, that's all the thing. That that the adults won't listen to the teenagers, so the teenagers have to take shit into their own hands. You pretty much have to, like, you know, I guess when you're that age or younger, you're like, yeah, take that. And it's like, then you need to get older, you realize it's like, the only reason that exists is because that's the target market. You essentially tell the teenagers (laughs) that they're smart. Right. In real life, the adults. The adults would have handled this pretty fast. It's like, vampires? All right. All right. Here's what we have to do. The Frog Brothers wouldn't at be least, around. At least in our generation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, we we were raised on this stuff, and so we have again, we are like the Frog Brothers, but grown up. We like to think that we can pull these things out of our ass if we need to. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I could kill at least one vampire. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about you guys. But I've t- I've told people before, like walking around my house, like I have many times been like, okay, if somebody was like to break into my house or something was to happen, and I was standing in this exact spot, like, okay, that's a weapon, that's a weapon, that's a yeah. weapon, that's a weapon. Like, yeah, I've <laughs> mapped out like my whole home on like how I could like defeat anything, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought that. Um... And I guess actually, the Lost Boys. Uh, when we're talking about like you know, people of this generation like learning vampire rules from this movie, that was the first time I knew anything about holy water. And I was not raised Catholic, so I'm like, what? Oh yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like yeah. holy water. Like I didn't know what Just holy a, water was. It's like a, a priest says a prayer over it. That's it. Yeah, I, 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 I can confidently say I had no idea because, again, yes. I, I was not Catholic or religious at all. Well, but, yeah. I, that opened, like, a whole box of worms for me with vampires. Like, couldn't you just get a priest to bless you? you just go right. Grabbing vampires. Right. Couldn't you, can you just hang with a priest all the time? You're like, hey. your house. Yeah. Invite the vampires in. Bless me and my blood. Yeah. If it. They drink yeah. my blood, they die. Yeah. Bless my house right. with me. And then the vampires, I was just like, come on right. in, vampires. Hey, here's a 12-pack of LaCroix. Can you, like, bless this for me? Okay, thanks, Dad. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, it seems like a weird loophole. Yeah, a very strange one. And, like, and even as a kid, it's like, it's like I, I was, you know, 
I was raised Southern Baptist, and we we don't do holy water. It's like it's like so. It's the priest just prays over. Nah, y'all just y'all just drink that sweet uh, (laughs) communion wine down in the basement. Nah, (laughs) (laughs) we uh, eat fried chicken on Sundays. Yeah, that's true. Which fried chicken every day? (laughs) Uh, Well, that that's yeah, that's us. Uh, Fried chicken any day of the week. But the um, holy water, it's just like, I was so baffled by it. And I think I still am. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I'm not religious, so I don't understand the whole. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. It seems all like superstition kind of crap. But the, um, but that, um, I'm trying to think what else that. <gasps> oh. Different. I can say, though, it was awesome that they had the super soakers with yeah. the holy yeah. water and the garlic. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty cool. I, I had, like, a complete mind for it because we were talking about it, I think, last night. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't remember if it was this or Monster Squad that had somebody burning a vampire with garlic on a pizza. And I was like, oh, it's Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. Garlic doesn't do anything in this movie. No. Right. Right. Now, how, how out of luck would they have been a bit like, you know, like, garlic doesn't work. Well, how about this holy water? That doesn't work either. Oh, crap. Right. <laughs> right. Sunlight. Like, ho- hopefully, yeah. Like, okay, in this mirror. Uh, that only worked when, like, mirrors were, like, made of lead, you dumbass. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. a wooden stake. No, that's, uh, like, composite. Uh, that's not even wood. That's not going to do it. <laughs> I remember, uh, and I think uh, we brought up like all the other, like, uh, there, there's funny stuff in this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely comedic. And it's like. Definitely. But we're bringing up like how they were, really were, they were like right around it. There were so many much more comedic vampire movies like uh, Once Bitten. Yeah. I'd say Fright Nights. Yeah. Fright more Night. comedic than this. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I just I, Fright Night never never got to me. Like I know it's one of those ones that people of my generation like. It, it was like a gateway movie. Yeah, but I just never got into that one. Yeah, I love Fright Night. I, I love it mainly just more than anything because of uh, uh, Peter Vincent. Like I think him being such a yeah. really is fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh God. Uh, I was. When we were talking about the, the steak and everything, I was like, I just remember there was a gag from a, my best friend is a vampire, and you know the the guy I think it was David Warner was like the Van Helsing type, and he's like, we got to stake him in the heart, and if he dies, he he's a vampire. It's like, and the guy's like, that that's gonna kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> about that. Right. Oh. Okay, if we're going to talk about that stuff, Once Bitten, my favorite part is where, like, Lauren Hutton and her, like, goons, they're running through, and, like, the one is about ready to punch the door, and she's like, can you try the doorknob? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you realize every time you break a door, I have to pay for it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but those are overtly yeah. comedic. Fright Night is probably more on the level with Lost Boys, I would say, of you know, kind of, it, and again, it has the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it has it has the same sort of thing of like, there is real danger 
and nobody believes the kids and the kids are the ones who have to take matters in their own hands. But I still, I don't know. The, the Lost Boys has a little bit more of a maturity to it. Yeah, I think it's because the humor in The Lost Boys is coming just kind of from the character reactions more than anything in the situation. Whereas Fright Night, there are some parts of the situation that are just kind of like, ha ha ha. Right. Like, I, like when Michael's flying outside the window, you know, and he's like, sit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold on. He always talks out his nose. Sammy, I'm your brother. Help me. <laughs> yeah. Like, he <laughs> must have had some serious, like, allergy problems when he was doing that. Cause, ah, Sammy, I'm your brother. Yeah. But, like, that's that's actually kind of the scary, and it's also, it brings it back into, like, oh, shit, what would you do? So don't I guess me. you would. I, I just remembered when I was watching it today how many freaking times uh, Kiefer Sutherland just says Michael over and over and over. Michael, 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 Michael. Michael. Okay, I saw this in the trivia. Michael's name is, like, spoken just like that. Uh, like a hundred and eighteen times. Good lord! I don't. Yeah, everybody's really... saying Michael all the time. Yeah, I really don't doubt it. I mean, that's successive, but geez, like nobody ever says "Hey you" to Michael. There's like Michael, Michael. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking of how many times today someone has said my name to me. Uh, uh, maybe. I probably zero actually, maybe like two. You guys said my name, so there's like, yeah. So should we just say it like a hundred more times to make it like the like, movie to no. where it means nothing? <laughs> now, Rebecca, 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 Rebecca. It's kind of like saying a word over and over, and it loses all meaning. Like, well, mom, it's mom, 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 <laughs> mom. That kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's like. And I remember picking up on that too. Is like not not counting the hundred eighteen times, but it's like Michael, Michael. It's like you never forget his name. Yeah. Nope, nope. They're maggots, Michael. Enjoy your maggots. Right, like when you're talking to okay, Granston, they're weird vampire people, whatever. But like when I'm talking to people, I don't generally say their name unless it's like they're not paying attention. I'm like, hey, hey. Hey, like you don't generally say somebody's name and like that, like Michael, Michael, do you enjoy this? Michael, you're eating Michael. It's it's almost, I I wonder if it's like a a psychological tactic. Yeah, maybe, but everybody does it. Now, (laughs) whenever, whenever I'm, I actively think I'm like, when am I going to actually have somebody say this person's name? Cause I don't want it to come off feeling weird. Mm hmm. Right, right. Like in a movie, like, you know, some in, in, okay, there's the trope of like, somebody is missing and somebody's running around going, Brian, Brian, Brian. Mm. I kind of think that's legit. Yeah. But yeah, but like, as far as like, well, hi, Brian, I'm Rebecca. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many times do you do that, you know, in a day? Yeah. Never. Not once. No. <laughs> That's why I forget most I of the names. Yeah, I forget yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's to their, 
to their compliments. Uh, there are a lot of movies where I go through half the movie and I'm like, I don't know any of the characters' names. Mm. Not in this one. Door! Door! Sammy! Yeah, you know, don't have to really worry about well, actually forgetting most of their names at all. Well, the other vampires, they don't really say their names, but yeah. maybe once. Uh, you killed... Uh, you killed... Oh, let me. I am. Yeah. Uh, you killed somebody. Whatever, and that's right, that's let's, the let's only other thing. Here, there, there's the the other not David vampires. <laughs> I, like I don't remember any of their names. All right, well, we're gonna guess. So, uh, everybody. No, no, like you killed R- Marco. Marco. Rico. Uh, you killed. If Marco sounds right, you kill Marco, you're gonna die or something like that. Okay, Alex Winter was Marco. Yeah, okay, well. uh, I get the award! Because I I didn't rewatch this for the podcast. Alex Winter is Marco. So the other two, uh, do you guys want to put out guesses as to what the other name was? I got nothing. No, no, just just throw out some random names. Oh, okay. Uh, Bill and Ted. (laughs) <laughs> okay. okay. Steven. Steven and they're both Steven? Uh one's with a V, one's with a PH. Jim. Steven and Jim. Uh Paul and Dwayne. What? What? Paul and that's, Dwayne. Okay, that's people. that's worse than the names we I would have never guessed that. I don't think they say it. I mean it's it, and there's a lot of times that it that names are not said. You know, the only reason anybody knows, like, people's last name in a lot of movies is because it's in the script. Yeah. You know? As a kid with Star Wars, like, the only reason I knew some of the characters' names is because the the toy packages. Mm. (laughs) Like, Boba Fett (laughs) is not named. Thank you, Kenner. Yeah, like, Boba Fett does not have a name in Empire Strikes Back. They never name him on the screen. And it's like, if it for the toy, I'm like, who's Boba Fett? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, which is a dumb name, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. Paul and Dwayne are the uh, the Paul, other Dwayne, and Marco. Marco and Marco is is remarkable because his name is Marco and it's Alex Winter. So yeah, right. Who? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think my battery is going to die on my computer, and it's getting very dark out here. And I'm afraid. So I guess I'm afraid the vampires are going to come get me. Well, I guess it's really. a good time that uh, we could start wrapping up this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, thank you for coming on and everything. And we're definitely hey, going to have you on on future episodes. Uh, Please like, do. Um. I don't know how many people would want to hear about the majorettes, but I kind of want to do oh, it. I do oh, that would be a fun bring on for that. So. You know what? The three of us want to hear about the majorettes. I do. I definitely I mean, if do. It's, if it's only us watching, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, who cares? Maybe, maybe if some, somebody just stumbles upon that and they're like, I'm going to watch this majorettes thing, then we've done our job. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. You have like two people you introduced it to. Right. Then there you go. Eventually. Major. I haven't watched that one in a while. I'm gonna have to watch that one. It's on Tubi. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, uh, (laughs) thank you everybody for uh, watching and uh, have a good night, everyone. See you next week. See you next week. Good with that. Thursday ish. (laughs) Dash.
shall not lie. <laughs>